Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to Discover DEP, the official podcast of the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. Each week, we talk with DEP experts about how we protect and preserve New Jersey's air, water, land, and natural and historic resources. So that you'll never miss one of our podcasts, please subscribe to Discover DEP on iTunes or Google Play. You can also follow DEP on the web at nj.gov DEP. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy our podcast. Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. Today we are joined by Fawn McGee, a person who wears many hats here at DEP, but we're talking to her today in her capacity as director of the Blue Acres Buyout Program. This program, which was established in 1995, offers New Jersey residents the opportunity to sell properties that were damaged by Superstorm Sandy or which lie in areas that are exposed to repeated, repetitive flooding. DEP works with homeowners in these areas to reduce the risk of future flood damage and to help families move out of harm's way. In 2013, Blue Acres was charged by Governor Christie as the only organization in New Jersey to be able to conduct state acquisitions of Sandy-affected properties from willing sellers. Fawn, thanks so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure, Bob. Fawn, tell us a little bit about the Blue Acres buyout program. We know that it began in 1995. Why did it get started, and what has its role been over the past 20-plus years? Well, Blue Acres is primarily part of Green Acres. Green Acres is the open space preservation program under the Department for the State of New Jersey, and the Blue Acres program is just the flood buyout portion of Green Acres. So ultimately, many floods in New Jersey. We've known over 50 presidential disaster declarations since the 1950s, over a thousand flood events just since the mid-90s. So we are known for flooding here in the state. And the voters chose in 95 for the first time to start to put money aside to assist these families with getting out of harm's way. And investments like that, buying a a home that is in harm's way repeatedly, really is a very cost-effective measure to not only protect the families, but to protect the funds that are provided in future disasters as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. The National Flood Insurance Program, we are number three nationally for the amount of flood claims for folks. And so just the fact that we have so many repetitive loss families in New Jersey, it's a good investment of that money returning these properties back to open space. Uh, these homes basically at, you know, were the most densely populated state in the nation. And so being able to get some of these homes out of the floodplain to allow for flood storage for the folks that remain in these neighborhoods is a healthy way for a better quality of life for these yeah, folks. It's really a win-win for those folks. Mm-hmm. After Superstorm Sandy, when so many homes were damaged and destroyed, Blue Acres really took on kind of a new level of importance here in the state. Tell us kind of what happened in the immediate aftermath of that and and what have you and the folks who work with you in Blue Acres been doing over the last several years to assist the folks who did suffer damage or destruction in that terrible, terrible storm? Well, if I can back up just a little bit, I think you mentioned 1995 was the first time we set aside, the voters approved setting aside money for flood buyouts. At that point, we were doing as we did with other Green Acres funds and just buying properties at 100% funding. In 2010, for the first time, we were able to apply for federal funding through mm-hmm. FEMA. And so from 2010 up till the Superstorm Sandy Storm, we had seven grants that were approved. 
we had gotten our feet wet, so to speak, and able to really know what it is we needed to do to put good applications together to help folks. So when Sandy came along, we were pleased that the governor and the commissioner of our department asked us to be the, the program to go out. And Sounds like you were already poised and ready to go. You had right. had time to prepare before That's right. the storm, which of course, well before, before we even knew there'd be a storm. That's right. So when Sandy came and the, you looked at the devastation across the state, the burden for those communities to not only deal with the emergency in place, but then to buy homes, go through what I oversee is basically a real estate office here at the department, you know, dealing with the, the sellers, the appraisers, title, survey, demolition, contracts. It's, it's, it's a tremendous amount of paperwork. And so I was honored to lead the program in offering that service not only for the, the people that needed help, but for the communities that needed that help and couldn't take on that burden. It's a really complicated process, isn't it? It's a lot more complicated than just if you're selling your house, which is complicated enough. Yes. <laughs> but the program is available, and I think it's important to emphasize this, to people who are willing to sell their homes. We don't go in and force anybody to sell their home. Absolutely. And, and the governor made it very clear that not only willing sellers, but he wanted the community buy-in when we went into these places. And in trying to create real flood storage, we were looking at clusters of homes. So we weren't doing one home on one end of the street or one end of the town and then going to the other end of the town. It took a, a tremendous amount of outreach, you know, lots of, of night meetings and, and answering questions from the folks that were affected by the storm, letting them know what it is we had to offer, getting the communities to, to buy in. You know, as a state acquisition chief, we buy properties, they become owned by the state of New Jersey, and then the divisions of Parks and Forestry and Fish and Wildlife manage these properties. We don't have the luxury or of enough staff you know, in New Jersey to actually manage these suburban neighborhoods, and so we needed the buy-in of the local governments to basically act as the managers of these properties on our behalf once we bought and demolished them. So tremendous amount of planning and organization and buy-in from grassroots groups in the communities all the way up through the local government. And of course, you're dealing with people who have just suffered a terrible loss, who are reeling from the events that occurred. Approaching these folks in, in a way requires a lot of tact and diplomacy as well, and, and, and an understanding and an empathy for what they're going through too, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, and I think one of the best things that we were able to, to put together was a, a compassionate team. You know, the governor and the commissioner allowed for us to create a case management team that literally could walk the families through this entire process from the beginning to the end. When we would secure our applications and get our federal approval in place, the first thing we do is have a kickoff meeting with these families to say, we're ready to begin this process. And I would introduce them to the person that they could call at any time, seven days a week, any hour of the day to answer a question or just to have someone to listen. You know, that was the hardest part of this. I said that as a public servant, best thing that we can offer these folks is to actually just listen to their plight because it is devastating to lose your home and your neighborhood and the street where your kids played kickball and you could run out to the store and you knew that, you know, Mrs. Jones was going to be sitting on her porch knowing that the kids were okay and, and that if they needed anything, they knew where else to go. I mean, their lives are changed forever as yeah. a result of this. Yeah. And, a terrible loss. Could you walk us through kind of from A to Z what the steps are in acquiring a home through the Blue Acres program and then what happens after the state acquires it? 
Sure. Well, once we have the the buy-in from the, the willing sellers and the local government has said that they accept the loss of the, the rateable of us buying those homes and becoming open space in perpetuity, we start immediately with an appraisal, a title examination uh, going back 60 years to make sure that there are no liens. I mean, remember, these become state assets. And so as, as a public servant, we have to make sure that we're buying properties that have clear marketable title. And you mentioned the appraisal. Is the appraisal for what the property is worth after the damage has occurred, or is it the appraisal for the amount that the property was worth before the damage occurred? We do all pre-storm. Pre-storm. If you own the property prior to the disaster. Mm-hmm. So if you bought the home after the disaster, it's current market value. Mm-hmm. But everyone that was affected by the storm gets a pre-storm valuation. Yeah, that's that's an important point. Indeed, indeed. Uh, and then so you're we, making people whole, really. That's right. Now, I'm sorry I interrupted as we were going through the process. The other important step that is added as a result of the federal funding is a a process called a duplication of benefits review. And a lot of these families affected by the storm reached into their flood insurance programs and, and other avenues to get money to assist with rebuilding their homes. If they knew they were going to come into the buyout and they didn't use that money, we don't allow them to keep that money and then give them a pre storm value. And so the federal government requires that we allow them to keep that. We just reduce the amount that we give them so they still remain whole. It's just, it's They've all. been made whole from two different pots of money. Really, exactly, exactly. So we do that duplication of benefits, the valuation. With those two numbers, we make an offer. If they accept, we go to contract. We do a survey of the property. We set up a closing once they find a new home, a place to live. And, you know, that's always the trickiest part. You know, they want to finish out the school year for their kids. You know, the kid's a quarterback on the team. They're on the swim team. They're looking for a new home close to their job. As soon as they get a new location, we set up a closing. We work with our division of law here in New Jersey, and we have deputy attorney generals that handle the closings. We go to closing, and then we work with the Department of Treasury to handle the demolitions of the property. Once they're demolished, they're graded and seeded, and then we ask the townships to manage them as passive recreation or conservation lands. And the demolitions aren't always uh, straightforward, are they? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have, you know, the, the ages, some of these homes are anywhere, you know, from 30 years to 100 years. So if they're historic in nature, we've worked with the historic and cultural societies of the counties and towns to get photographs of the homes or to get unique beams or doors off of the homes before they're demolished. We do oral history on folks to kind of make sure that we're capturing that for our own history here in New Jersey. There's asbestos. I, I, you know, there's all kinds of issues. You know, you may have a home where a tank in the basement leaked, and so there's cleanup that has to be done prior to demolition. So we do whatever's necessary to make sure these sites are clean and usable for the public in the future. So in the wake of Superstorm Sandy, how much money is available for these Blue Acre buyouts? The funding we have available is from FEMA and HUD, and to date we're, we're at $284 million, and we just got confirmation from the Governor's Office of Recovery and Rebuilding that we have another $16 million coming our way. That's great. How many families have been helped so far? How many homes have we made offers on, had closings on, seen demolished? With all the steps that are involved, you know, I, I can't imagine it's very many, is it? Well, we were asked to do at least a 1,000, and, and to date we have over 922 approved uh, really? for federal funding. That's yes. kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, 800 plus of those have had offers made to them. 639 of them have been accepted. 
We've already closed 576 to date, and 452 of those have already been demolished. That's extraordinary. Thank you. Yeah. Who says government can't work, right? There you go. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) So with the remaining funds, you've still got people who are interested. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And so the process continues. The work continues on this. Absolutely. There are so many people. I mean, when we look at the, the, the planning overall of of what there is to be done, and we look at the severe repetitive loss list and the repetitive loss list in Jersey, says thousands of people in the situation. And so, uh, and they're reaching out. Mm. We're asking them to talk to their neighbors and, and create these smaller clusters. And we keep going back to the table with the communities that are out there, the riverine communities, the coastal communities, you know, anyone that is flood prone, we're willing to sit down at the table and, and hear what they have to say and see what we can do. Now, you've met with these families, you've helped them through the process, and at the end of the process, you were with them when the closing occurred and and you saw them moving. What are they feeling at that point? A whole host of things. I mean, we've seen people just debilitated and not able to make decisions, hoarders that can't get out of their house, people that are sick from the mold and other things and you know we get we get letters after they've moved on and and they say you know we love our new place on higher ground you know my asthma is better you know my bronchitis went away you know my you know they're taking care of their aging mother and you know she wouldn't leave the house and now she's getting up and going places again and so we we see a lot of that hopelessness kind of disappear with these folks i mean it's it's hard to watch your home be demolished, but we have a lot of folks that will come out and watch their home be demolished as a sense of, of closure. Mm. And and even though it's been painful for them, they seem to know that they need to move on with their families. It sounds like you're giving them a new lease on life. Mm-hmm. I hope so, Bob. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Anything else that uh, I should have asked you about that we didn't cover? Because I find it hard to believe, but we're already at the end of this broadcast. Well, I mean, I think that a lot of the hurdles that we had to endure in this process, you know, I'm proud to say that 10 to 15% of the folks that are out there, you know, when you look at the market, you know, it's if you own a home, it's okay. You know, when it's time to sell your home, that's when you run into trouble. And, and what we found is 10 to 15% of those folks were upside down on their mortgage. Mm-hmm. And as a real estate program, Normally, we wait for people to bring clear marketable title to us, but we, we, we knew we had to find a solution. So up to, upside down on their mortgage means that they owe more on their mortgage than the house is worth pre-storm value. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And so what we were able to do is put a team together and reach out to the servicers and lenders and get them to accept negative equity or to accept less than the homes are worth so we could get those folks out of harm's way. So. Yeah. Lots of hurdles, I think, like that, of just kind of looking and listening to these families, seeing their plight, and looking for a solution to kind of help them and not just leaving them behind. You know, so so a lot of success, I think. In that process, FEMA has recognized us uh, as a best practice nationally and, and published a, a paper on us. HUD has designated us an exemplary practice. And so it, you know, it's nice to see that nationally we're getting recognition for doing things that some, but it's not really happening anywhere else in the nation. So it sounds like the key is that you and your team are, are dedicated to getting to yes. That's right. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. Getting to yes. That's right. And getting folks out of harm's way. It's it's the most rewarding part of the process. And you know, we we meet these families. 
we build the relationship, which is what negotiating is all about, right? Yeah. We build the relationships, listening to these folks and, and help them move on with their lives. I can only imagine the sense of relief that they feel when the process is complete and they know uh, that for the rest of their time in their new homes, they're not going to have to worry about right. another flood, another recovery, another dislocation, and, and all of the trauma that goes along with it. It really is a public service in the truest sense of the word, isn't it? It is. Thank you for saying so. It is. Well, we appreciate your taking time out of your busy schedule. My gosh, I can only imagine what it's like over there dealing with <laughs> these hundreds of homeowners and all the complications and everything else. We have on the description of the podcast a link to the Blue Acres program so people can find out more about it if they think they may be eligible for it or if they just want to learn even more about how this program has helped hundreds and hundreds of families uh, just in the years since Superstorm Sandy and in the 22 years since it was established, many hundreds and probably thousands of thousands more. This is, I think, a great example of the state government in partnership with the federal government and both of them in partnership with local governments and making a real difference in people's lives, a difference that is lasting and enduring. So Fawn, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Bob. And good luck with the rest of the program. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.